Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. One hour to go here on the fan. Craig Hoffman, Logan Paulson. Ryan, any more bombs you want to drop? He just said some the most insane thing I've ever heard in my whole life. You mean Jared Goff over Jimmy G and Carson Wentz any day You of realize the right now he's the... Seventh highest paid quarterback in the NFL. You realize that, right? Yes. You did not. No way you would say something like that if you realize that. I mean, oh, well, first off, the Rams ate his cap, a lot of it. So I believe they are paying off some of that salary to where the point he's only making like around $20 million a year with the Lions, mm. which I believe. I'm not 100% certain yeah, yeah. on it. Okay. But then if you really look at his stats against really good defenses this year, he was good. I mean, we were talking about this. He's got. He does have a good arm. He's. There's a reason he incredible was incredible arm. There's, incredible. There's a reason he's it's, a. It's the usage of said arm that's. Yeah, he does make poor decisions. But yeah, man, that's that's that's. Uh, I, I was on board. I was like, I've been with you. The wins thing. Mm-hmm. I felt like you were logical, and then all of a sudden you were just like Jared Golf or bust, I, and I was just. Like, I don't know what to make of that. It's just I would rather have him over Jimmy G and Carson Wentz. I think he makes smarter decisions. All things being equal, like financially, you mean? Yes. Wow. How do you feel about that, Craig? I think that that's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think he's probably third on my list. Yeah, I mean between those three. Yeah, like, I am. I am not totally sold that Garoppolo is a bad idea. Uh, me neither, because I do. Th- he had a thumb injury this year, and I think that definitely affected his production. I do think after talking with some of the coaches in San Fran, they insulated him offensively with their scheme quite a bit. But I know that Kyle's system is not overly quarterback friendly it's very demanding in some ways in terms of what intellectually needs to be done pre and post snap when i watch the system here in in washington with the commanders um i don't see that same level of would you say he doesn't have quite the command command. (laughs) yeah they don't ask him to do as much as as is as kyle would so i think that's an interesting uh development but i you know i'm a big believer in drafting quarterbacks and the reason i believe that is because of one statistic above all others if you look at the last 10 Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. There are only three. Let's see if I remember this. No, four who are above 10% of the cap. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and and Eli Manning are the other one. And so Tom Brady's twice on there. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is under 7% of the cap. And the rookie quarterbacks of those of the last 10 have comprised, I think, four or five. I don't remember the exact uh, statistic. So to me, the reason what that shows you, unless you have a truly elite top three quarterback in the NFL, 
you cannot win with just a quarterback alone. You need to fill this roster out. And the easiest way to do that is with a rookie quarterback because they're stuck at that $20 million over five-year cap number, which is, what is that? I can't even do the math. Four or five. Don't whatever. look at me for math. That's a yeah. bad idea. It's whatever it is a year. It's like five, approximately $5 million a year. It's right. all guaranteed. And and then you can just build whatever you want around them. Whatever you need, you can get them in in free agency. You can sign them through the draft. Whatever you need to do, as long as your talent evaluations are correct. The problem is, as we've talked about before, is you're approximately two years away, three years away, depending, if you make all the right personnel decisions. Right. And and the thing is, depending on how you play and how good your other units are and how good your support are support is, and by the way, how quickly that that quarterback comes along, I... It doesn't have to be three years, right? Right, right. Like, if, if you know, I know with it, like, as we get into some of these rookies, right? Like, let's say it's Malik Willis. Okay. And I know we have concerns about Willis that we can talk about. Yeah. But you bring him in, you run a read option, like, friendly system where his mobility becomes a major threat and yes. factor immediately. Antonio Gibson continues to evolve and, and impress. JD yes. McKissick is there, is is an offset as well. Yeah. Um, they either, you know, Jared Patterson continues to develop as a third guy, or you bring in someone else that, you know, they had Peyton Barber, who wound up, you know, playing a playoff game for the Raiders this yeah. year, right? So, like, I mean, whoever your third guy is, then Curtis Samuel running, you know, all these jet sweep actions and things. Like, you can create a pretty funky scheme around a, a young quarterback yeah. who maybe really limited in terms of NFL passing concepts, but has an elite skill set. Yeah. And then you spend your money on Devondre Campbell at middle yeah. linebacker. Or and you bring in another receiver. You know, you get a second rounder who turns out to be a stud, right? right? Like there there is a path that you have the big play potential in McLaren and some of these other guys, maybe even another guy being brought in. You have good tight ends. You have a good defensive line that can easily be built up and behind it with one or two really good players. Yeah. There, there's a path where the patience may have to be a season. Yeah. And, and that's a season where you finish strong and like are competitive down the stretch. I mean, uh, it, that's the other thing with the 17 game season, right? Yeah. If it takes eight games or six games for a guy to get his feet underneath him, you know, have an extra week, and by the way, all the division stuff stacked at the end, right. likely. That's a great point. To, to try to get yourself into the playoffs, and even if you make it at, let's see, what is the new, nine and eight, yeah. it's like nine and seven. What do I do if I lose another game? <laughs> nine and eight. That's the extent of my math. But if you go in and like you're, the point you're at when you get there is good football team. Yeah. Like, who, I think says, that, that, who that, says you can't make a, you can't make an NFC championship game if all the pieces fall into place. Yeah, the point of that last game, I think, is outstanding because it really changes the whole complexion. You could almost treat it like that developmental football league we were talking about, right? Kind of introducing kind of basic concepts early on, make sure he feels good with each step of the way. Um, you know, and we talked we talked about Malik Willis. You know, there are some concerns. I talked to some of my buddies at the Senior Bowl. There was a little bit of kind of war like warning rumors about his ability to learn an offense, which is always a huge red flag. Exhibit A is probably Robert Griffin. Exhibit B is probably Dwayne Haskins, right? In terms of this, team's, so far, yeah. this team's recent history, obviously Jamarcus Russell is 
maybe the most iconic of those examples. But, but even um, to an extent, right? Like there are levels to that. Like Jared Goff had trouble picking up an true. offense, yeah. right? Like there's there's plenty of guys that are and, successful. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but also so did Josh Allen initially, and they built something around him that allowed him to grow into the fact that now Josh Allen has no trouble with, with anything that they're yeah. running in Buffalo. And but I think again, like that speaks to that other concern that you have about how innovative and how how accomplished this coaching staff, specifically the coordinators, offensive side of the football are. Can they accommodate a talent like Malik Willis? Do they know how to get the best out of him? Can they teach him the correct way? I mean, to me, if you pick, if you pick a guy like Kenny, if you take a guy like Kenny Pickett, you're a little bit more on that road already. It's a little bit harder to screw it up because he's more established, pro style offense, underwhelming arm strength. Not not terribly so. He's got a fine arm, but it's not like you know Mahomes, Allen. Rogers caliber mm-hmm. the way Malik Willis is but he's at least gonna at least you're not gonna fall the, the bottom's not gonna fall out like Malik Willis you your ceiling is Allen Mahomes Rogers or you're out of the league in three years because you can't figure it out which is right. a pretty drastic swing there you know right. and it's kind of a scary proposition for your coach that's why Kenny Pickett's like oh this is nice pretty safe but the thing is like when we talk about oh do we want it we want Garoppolo right like, isn't Kenny Pickett ceiling Jimmy Garoppolo? Or is it a little higher than that? Yes. Because I think sometimes that's where we get, like, oh, that's the safe guy. And it's like, okay, well, what is that guy in 10 years? Garoppolo? Who we are like, st- Kirk Cousins? I'm so glad you brought this up. I'm so, because I hear this argument all the time. And the point here is that, let's say he's Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Or David Carr, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever. Derek Carr. Derek me. Carr. Let's say he's one of those three guys. The problem with those guys is they have now priced themselves out. Kirk Cousins is like thirty-five million a year. Garoppolo's twenty-six million. I see where you're going. Derek Carr is forty yeah. million, right? If you get that guy on a rookie deal, five years from now, you are going to have a stacked roster. Think Seattle Seahawks back when Russell Wilson was on his rookie deal. Think Philadelphia Eagles when Carson Wentz was on his rookie deal. Think Patrick Mahomes when Kansas City was on his rookie deal. That roster is insane. Then you win your Super Bowl. That's when you win it in that five-year period while he's there, right? If you need to retool after that, go for it because he's going to get paid and hopefully he's developed enough as a player that he can kind of get you into that next iteration, those next five years, elevating the talent around you, right? That's the whole point. Rookie quarterbacks are awesome resources if they can play football because you can build everything around them, right? You can go get another receiver. You can get an offensive lineman. You can get another running back. You can get another tight end. And that doesn't break the bank because you're that, those three players, elite players at the position are about what it would cost to get a Jimmy Garoppolo in here. Approximately. I'm, I'm fudging the numbers a little bit to prove my point, but approximately you can even add defensive pieces all because you've got a rookie quarterback. It gives you so much flexibility from a cap standpoint and a roster building standpoint. That's why they're so valuable. That's why I'm even, I'm a big proponent of like Bridget. If if you don't feel Malik Willis is ready, hey, get a bridge guy in here, Trubisky, whoever you want. Bridget for a year, then ride that rookie quarterback contract while you're building this great roster around him. Do you feel though with that, that like that bridge concept, do you need to have a quarterback this year, like, right? Like, do you need to draft mm-hmm. somebody this year and also maybe get a bridge guy? And in which case, um, you know, you have still Heineke or Allen potentially yeah, that are true. here, right? So do you have, do you have, basically what I'm asking you is, do they have to draft a quarterback this year? Because I think, like Danny says this all the time, they should have drafted someone last year. Yeah. 
Like how how far can you push the bridge? Yeah, it's true. Because there's no guarantee that next year you're going to be in a position to get a better option than you would right now. So just to be clear, I'm I'm advocating get a bridge guy and draft a guy this year. Right. I'm, that's what I'm advocating. And, that, then, and that's let, what I'm asking. Let's say if you miss, which I think is also what you're alluding to. Let's say neither well, one of I was of, just saying like when you say a bridge guy, bridge guy to drafting someone next year yeah. or bridge guy with the with the hopeful next guy in the building. With the you hopeful, say with the hopeful yeah. next guy in the building. But Yeah, but let's say you miss. Let's say oh, Malik Willis, I don't know. Something, Kenny Pickett, yeah, whoever. Matt Corral, you know, how whoever you want. Let's say something happens. They, they don't get where you think they can get, right? They're just a top-end backup. The great thing about these rookie quarterbacks in the first round right now is that they are cheap. They're extremely cheap. Draft another one. Just draft another one in the first round. I don't care. Because that cap number is nothing. It's nothing for them, right? And you can probably convince someone after a year. Trade. Like, Josh Rosen was traded for what a second or third rounder. Absolutely. You know, granted, he was a top ten pick. You're not getting the the you know your ROI is certainly not a dollar for a dollar. But like at the end of the day, they got uh whatever it was they got Arizona for Josh Rosen, and they drafted Kyler Murray. And until you know two weeks ago, yeah, that was, was going gravy. pretty well. But I, but that that to me is the point because they're so cheap, you can do that no problem. And next year, that kid from Alabama, I don't remember his name. Do you know his name? Bryce Young. Bryce Young. Ridiculous. Ridiculous film. He, he's going to be the top. Based on this year's tape, he will be the top quarterback selected next year. Based on this year. Well, let's say something happens. Let's say he slips a little bit. And then Washington's there to grab him. Take him. Because he's better than all these guys right now. Right now, right. he's better. You know what I'm saying? So, but it doesn't matter. Because like you said, you can trade that pick. You can do whatever. You can have two quarterbacks on the roster. It's not a big thing. I think, but in order for this to work, right? We've talked about this. My big frustration is fans need to be patient, right? They need to take a breath and say, Rome wasn't built in the day. I need to give this two years. I need to see a positive progression. I think that's what Grant's always alluding to, right? Grant and Danny, there needs to be a positive progression in terms of where this team is do you going. you feel like you're going the right direction? Yeah, absolutely. And I get that. But I do think that that is the way to go. Don't sink your ship. Don't tie it to this anchor of this huge contract because unless that guy is a top three guy, top four guy, top five guy in the NFL – it's not going to pay dividends the way you want as a fan base, as an organization. When you think about the quarterback position, because this is the other thing that I find fascinating. Um, you know, you look at this year's Super Bowl, and obviously it's number one overall pick in Stafford versus number one overall pick in Burrow. But Josh Allen's seven or eight. Yeah. You know, Mahomes is 11. There, there have been Lamar guys Jackson, recently. Yeah, 31. Lamar. Rodgers was 23. Yeah. Like, there are plenty of guys in the first round that have gotten drafted. It's a lot. Well, obviously there are the, the Russell Wilson's and even to a lesser extent, your Kirk cousins, obviously the ultimate and Brady, Yeah, but like there are, it, it seems more crapshootish in the first round Yeah, that, that sure. Sometimes the number one overall guy is pretty obvious Yeah, this year doesn't seem to be the case. And even in some of those years, the second or third guy off the board winds up being really, really yeah. good. Is there anything that as you watch tape of quarterback specifically, you keep in mind that you're like, I understand that why this guy might not go run overall, but I think he actually is going to wind up being the best. Yeah. So like what's the separator of the, the, I mean, obviously Mahomes and Allen, it's the insane physical traits, but when you watch, it's gotta be more than that. It looks like they're playing a cartoon. And when I evaluated those guys, their tape made me really nervous because you're just like, it doesn't fit with anything you've seen. 
And because they're so good, it's kind of changed the way people play the game. But I do think that like one thing is just decision making. Like I know that sounds ridiculous, but like ability to read a defense, ability to understand a defense, and then just how do you make your decisions based off that information? Because that to me is always sound, right? And I think the good thing that makes you that makes me like Pickett Willis kind of as my one and two quarterbacks in this year's draft, as opposed to Matt Carell, which I've seen a lot of teams mocking here, is he runs a ton of zone read of uh, of RPO. So he's reading one person in the defense and he's throwing. And when he has to go through a full feed and full field NFL read, it's rough. He doesn't see guys, he misses guys, he's throwing errant passes because he's not used to it, right? So that to me is kind of a big red flag. How do you see what's happening? At least with Willis, you see him make NFL reads. You see him manipulate the safeties, you see him again, inconsistent with his footwork, inconsistent with like how he moves in the pocket. And again, very green, very raw in terms of understanding blitzes and things like that. But at least I see kind of a vision of the field, which is something that cannot be coached really easily, right? Without mm-hmm. experience, you know? So to me, that that's why they're my top two guys in this draft. And I hope that one of them, and th- that's the other thing. I think quarterbacks tend to, compared to other positions, and everyone knows this, they tend to get pushed up. So the highest I would have taken one of these quarterbacks probably is 15 in this year's draft. The highest, the first one. But now I'm seeing guys getting mocked in the top, five and that's ridiculous because they're not top five players right right they're not top five players they're not both both in that there are 10 15 players better than them and the kind of player you're trying to get with a top five pick is a generational talent and these dudes ain't it that's it that's exactly right so that leads to a, a different question though as well like if these guys are not generational talents if that's what you're after at quarterback then like what's the point yeah i think that's a great question and i would argue my argument and that I've made this to you already is the Kenny Pickett, you know, analogy. If he's not a generational talent, we've seen quarterbacks who weren't generational talents win the Super Bowl. Russell Wilson, his rookie year was not a generational talent. It was trending in that direction, but he mm-hmm. wasn't there yet. Carson Wentz looked to be something special, but obviously, you know, was kind of high upside of a variance there. Patrick Mahomes, I think, is probably the outlier there, but he didn't play his first year, two years. I don't remember exactly. Right, he didn't yeah. play his first three. Right, right. Think. And so, obviously, they're, because of that, the, the flexibility that contract gives you, it's so valuable to building a roster. It's so important to keep that in mind. And I think you don't need them to be a generational talent because you can get other generational pieces around you. Like, I think about the Seattle defense when Russell Wilson was there. They had basically a hockey rotation of defensive linemen. They had mm-hmm. four, they had eight guys who could legit scare you as pass rushers. And those guys were not cheap. They had Cam Chancellor, they had um, Sherman, they, uh, I forget the safety, what's his name? Uh, Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas. And the whole LOB. Yeah. They had sick linebackers, including Bobby Wagner, who's one of like a Hall of Fame caliber player. Their pass rush was sick. And that that's to me, like, yeah, I, I think that's a great answer to that question. It's like, yeah, okay, Kenny Pickett might not be a generational talent, but he might be just good enough to guide a team that's got the right pieces around him to a Super Bowl. And again, that's challenging because you got to make good personnel decisions. I'm not saying that's easy. Right. But you gotta make easy. you gotta make good personnel decisions. What's easy is hitting on the generational quarterback. And I do and I, I said this so to, to you. Speak. I said this to Ryan is if you said it to Ryan, then it's gotta be serious. It's gotta be it's super serious. But this year's draft is perfect for this team because Outside of the first round, very, very dense in the second to the fourth round in terms of just good football players that make your team better right away, that have very high upside. So if I'm the team, I'm saying, maybe I can trade back. Maybe I can add a pick in the second round. Maybe I can add a pick in the third and fourth round. Just something 
just to build this roster up and get it really, really dense. And that is the sign of a team that's, in my opinion, heading the, in the right direction. And I look at the rookies from last year and people say, oh, this team's made poor personnel decisions. And right, Jamin Davis wasn't ready, right? I don't think their evaluation, I don't think the process on him was incorrect, but he wasn't ready. But Cosme, Juice, um, Bates, all impactful starters. And to get them in the second half of the draft, you know, is pretty impressive. So credit to them on that point, I guess. Yeah, definitely. So when we get back, uh, is the evaluation of all of this going to be a little bit harder because of something the NFL is deciding to do with the combine? Uh, we're going to discuss a potential boycott by 150, about half of the players that are scheduled to attend the combine, which starts check swatch next week. Logan and I will get into that next here on the fan. Logan Paulson, Craig Hoffman on the fan. Hey, look, it's Ben Standing. He's in with Brick Rioli tonight. Starting at the bo- or the top of the hour. It's the bottom of the hour now. Also, what were you guys talking about in, in the control room? Because you came through that studio door. like like it, you That's know, the only way to come in, though. You, were, you were firing off the line back in training camp. Yeah, and just make, make a loud noise. Make everyone go, oh, my gosh, who's this guy? Just like alpha personality, you know what I mean? You were a little sleepy coming out of the... In the we went to the last commercial break. You were doing a little face slap. I know. I'm ready to go, man. I'm ready just, to go. I just Fire telling, it up. I was just telling Ryan, it is hard to talk for four hours. And people say, oh, it's so easy. Just give it a shot. Like, just go see if you can do it. A lot of CNS demand. Yeah. <laughs> Very high. A lot of thinking. A lot of stimulus. You know, the lot of thinking thing explains a lot with Grant and Danny. Because sometimes I'm like, especially with Danny, there was no thinking involved there. There's just talking. <laughs> It's a skill, though. You know what I mean? It's a skill. It right? is a skill. It is. Yeah. 100% is. It's a skill, man, to be able to talk like that. It is. It is. It's a skill that we've perhaps underdeveloped. I've got a three-hour <laughs> show tomorrow, so good really, luck. really good driving. Luck. Lindell, what are you doing tomorrow? You want to, Ryan, you want to drop some bombs between 9 and noon over on 980 tomorrow? <laughs> Lindell's like, I'm off. <laughs> good for you. Oh, he's got a podcast. He's got a podcast. Okay. It's weird to have a conversation with someone that no one yeah. else can hear. Yeah. You should put your headphones on and talk to the microphone. Me and my co-host partner will share headsets because that's how close we've become as we've been recording <laughs> our podcast. Beside the point, podcast drops tomorrow. Are both there you, you go. Both you guys? Both of us. I'd probably listen to that. We tried to get Craig on, but he was... It would just be nothing Craig's but... a busy man. I was traveling. He's a busy man. That's traveling. what I'm saying. He's busy. We're going to talk about my travels in the next segment to close out the show. I can't hear what you're saying what's, back to me, but right. I know it's good. Though. What's it about, though? What's the podcast about? Sports. It's about the NFL, all things NFL, NBA, just in... Are you, are you guys just dropping nukes 24-7 on that thing? Oh, just of like, course. Just I feel hot, like they're, the test- they're takes, testing takes. The hottest possible takes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're, we're giving out our honest takes, and it, it's good. We, so they're you, not honest takes. They're, they're fabricated honest. for so if you No, no, they're if you, honest. If you want some honest... Honest, extremely hot, like the hottest takes I've ever heard. What's the name of the podcast? <laughs> Beside the point. Co- Beside the point. Yep. It should be called Nukes Hot Takes. <laughs> Drops and bombs. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Nukes podcast. That's great. Uh, anyway, speaking of uh, the NFL, the league is going to convene next week in Indianapolis, and it's the annual NFL scouting combine, and 
it has become a spectacle uh, that's been very made for television in a lot of ways, but the real work happens behind the scenes. It's the medicals, it's the interviews. And for years, the there's been a lot of, let's call it consternation yeah. uh, amongst agents, amongst players. The unions never really like this, of kind of how players are treated. Yep. And this has taken a new step this year as the NFL has, in an effort to keep everyone safe from COVID-19, implemented a bubble. Now, yeah. it's pretty clear at this point in the pandemic that you could test folks. You could have vaccine requirements. You could do a lot of different things to help keep people safe that don't involve a bubble, which is why we haven't seen bubbles in sports since the NBA left right. theirs in August of 2020. And what I think... So so basically, the huge gripe between the players and specifically these agents, um, who 13 agents who are some of the top agents that represent about 150 of the 300-plus players that are scheduled to participate in the Combine, are upset that all of the personal trainers and nutritionists and all of these different experts that help boost a prospect along towards the draft in an effort to have a show-out Combine to hit a specific weight to lift a certain thing in the bench, to run a certain thing in the 40, to to crush their interviews, and psychologists, everyone, are not going to be available to these players, at least in person, where typically, like, you have suites set up by the, right. whether it's the agencies or the workout facilities, however they you're organized, and, and there's huge productions that go on, and the players are simply not going to be able to do that this year. And it was funny, because my trip actually took me to to Exos, yep. uh, one of the top combine facilities, and we were talking about this a little bit. I don't want to give away too much of some of the things that were that were said in private conversation, but they were telling me, even before this announcement, how like their usual setup was nowhere near what it was what it was going to mm. be um because the NFL is is being so restrictive about everything. And basically, the agents who have always thought this this process was stupid anyway, mm-hmm. are going, well, if, why do if, they, if you're going to take away, stupid? why do they think it's just stupid? because I think that the the level of scrutiny put on this event is outsized compared to where agents would rather have obviously con- the controlled environments of pro days, yeah. and also for most prospects anyway, like just go look at the tape. Like let's not do this big uncomfortable thing in Indianapolis. And there's already been changes, right? In, in the last couple of years, they've cut down where it used to be every team got to do a medical and you'd have guys in medicals for 18 hours. Yeah. You know, now it's like one medical. Yeah. So there, there's already been changes to make it where it's basically not a giant stress test. And I think that's what agents and players in the union were also mad about for years is in many ways, the combine was designed to be a not a, a measurement of how fast someone can run stress or test. even the medical, but it was designed as a stress test. And I do think that this is going to be a breaking point where it's like, we're not doing this. We And also, you know, I'm sorry, this is a very long setup here, but like part of this is also financial. The agents front the money yeah, so that the players can have all of these resources. And they're like, we're not, we didn't spend all this money so that these people can't be there when it's come time to, or it comes time for the test. Absolutely. And I think, you know, people say, oh, well, how hard is it? How hard is the combine? I think you alluded to it, you know, with the 18 hour medical Basically, those guys, they fly in at a specific time. And on this day where you have to run your fastest, jump your highest, test your best from an academic standpoint, and interview the best, they teams kind of actively almost try to keep you up late. 
They try to stress you out, get you up super early in the morning. So I remember talking to guys I played with, guys that I've trained, and they were like, oh, yeah, I only got four hours of sleep the night before I ran my 40. Cause I, and to me, it, that's not allowing the athlete to put their best foot forward. And from the team standpoint, it makes sense, right? Because everyone thinks, oh, well, you're getting these height, weight, speed, power metric measurements, and those are the things that are most important about the combine. Actually, that's secondary, in my opinion, to the interview process. That's where you really get your medal, right? And the teams don't really they, – they care about the height, weight, speed stuff, but they really want to get you in the interview room, and the teams are going to make sure that they get that time. And so this kind of honestly feels like a little bit of a power play. And also, I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't say this, these training facilities, these agents – these nutritionists who are working with these athletes, this is like a multi-million dollar proposition, right? 100%. Like if you get a guy who runs fast at the combine and does really well, like your organization, whether it's the agency, whether it's the training facility, whether it's the nutritionist or the strength coach, you are now front page news for next year's cycle of this. So everybody, the coaches included, want this to go about as smoothly as possible. And I think they want to be there to support the athlete. And I think that that makes sense because it's like you really are part of the team. I've only worked out – I've worked out with the guys at Cal Strength a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Great bunch of kids, really talented group. I've only worked out with them probably three times. I'm super invested in their progress. Right. And I can only imagine what this coach who's been with them for the last month and a half, how he feels about their progress. Exactly. And, and to they, be excluded from in, that sucks. Yeah, they put in so much. And whether it's it's Exos, um, my guy Yo Murphy down yeah. in, in Tampa, Florida is one of the best. And, you know, same, like just like you said, to use Yo as an example, like, I mean, this is a guy who played in the league, mm-hmm. like very, very known commodity. But, you know, he becomes super hot because he's got Naeem Hines that goes out and runs a 4-3. And they right. also train Darius Leonard. And Darius Leonard goes out and does him. And, yeah. you know, he's pointing back at, like, they got me ready for the league. Yeah. Right. And so I, there's, this is such a huge thing for everybody. And not to mention just like the well being of the athletes, right? Like they're surrounded by this team. You know, they have people there that, that, that are supposed to help warm them up. It's yeah. supposed to make sure that from a nutrition standpoint, they're, they're fueled the right way. And just the general well being of not being on four hours sleep before yeah. you go through a stressful situation. Um, because you get because some of that is public too. Like they got to do press while they're there. Like, do you really want a guy like getting some you know press storm because he misspeaks because he's tired? Like, yeah. it just seems unnecessarily stressful. And now with this bubble, it get is unnecessarily stressful as is. Right. And now with this bubble, they don't even have the the support systems around them. And because sometimes the support system will help insulate you from stuff too. Like mm-hmm. your agent can kind of hey say hey like we're not doing this right now. We're going to take a little bit breather. Obviously, you got to run when you have to run and do all that stuff. But they can help kind of manage you. And I think it it feels a little bit like a power play by the league. I understand that public safety, I'm not trying to diminish that at all, but to get these kids more isolated, right? To get them more kind of broken down and bare bones to help with the evaluation and see what you got. Like, cause when you're giving somebody a lot of money, you want to know how they're going to use it and you want to know what they're going to be. And I think that's, that's a huge part of this process. And Again, I don't fault the agents at all because like no. I, know, I know my agent would prefer every kid run at their pro day or mm-hmm. some bigger pro day where they can sleep, get ready. They know the quarterback that's throwing to them. If they're an offensive player, they know the drills they're going to run beforehand. Sometimes at the combine, the coaches come out there and just come out with some whatever they feel like type stuff. So the guy's never done that drill. Mm-hmm. doesn't look very good. That reflects poorly on that athlete. And that is a, and it sounds ridiculous. But scouts and evaluators, they will go through that stuff and they say, oh, you know, he didn't do really well in this bag drill. Like, let me go back and watch tape. And then they say, oh, that athletic deficiency shows up on tape. And 
I'm like, does it really though? You know, like, are you does, looking for it? Are you, are you looking oh, for and it? And so now? here's here's the thing, is like, if let's say these 150 players skip out, 13 agents pull their guys, they go through the medical, and then they leave. Not a single one of them is going to drop in the draft, and that's the thing is like the combine is on that level overrated because now you just don't have that data point, right? Yeah. They're, they're not going to be penalized for missing it. They will get the the teams will bring them in to their facilities or right. do the Zoom interviews or however it's being done now. They will find ways to get the research. They know all these college coaches yeah. and, and know all these co- you know these different people, uh, these agents. They have different relationships. And they will ultimately see them at, perform athletically at their pro days. It's just, it's inconvenient. Maybe you have to go to a pro day you didn't anticipate because a guy was going to be at the combine. But I mean, if you're. And think about last year. Like there was no combine, right? Because of COVID, there was no combine. And people came out and they ran really fast at their pro days. They had the, the most four threes of any year in NFL history. Last year, they were all done at pro, pro days. Some people say, oh, that's unfavorable timing. But the team sends people out to all those pro days, pro days to time. Right. And. I think a lot of it's just they weren't as stressed. And so if I'm a if I'm a an agent and I see that, I say to myself, why risk it? Why risk it? Like these going to do better at home, let's keep them at home. Yep. Uh what happens if uh, a former NFL star takes on an Olympian, a former, former Olympian, Olymp- a former Come Olympic runner in an NFL combine? I flew to Phoenix last week to fly out. I'll tell you about <laughs> it next here on the fan. I'm Craig Hoffman. That's Logan Paulson here on the fan. Just a couple more minutes before we hand off to Ben and Britt for the night show tonight. I'll be back with you tomorrow on the Team 980 in for Travis Thomas from 9 to noon. Clinton Yates scheduled to join me. And uh, I think Sam Pell's going to join me as well, talking a little caps. So already got some guests on the docket. And uh, we'll see what happens from there. That's right. If you had to pick one segment from today that I was going to just be like, I'm going to replay that one tomorrow because I thought it was really good. What was your favorite one? Was it all the geography talk? The was geography it you talk yelling was... about Russell Westbrook or maybe one of them of the football? I was not yelling about Russell Westbrook. Come on. Why thumbs up, I... thumbs down. Was Logan yelling about <laughs> Russell Westbrook? That's two yeah. thumbs up in the control room. I actually like the segment with uh, the two Stooges in the studio, actually. They did a good job with that. With Alternate the, with, podcast. Yeah, Wes, uh, Wes uh, Carson Wentz. That's what we talked about. Yeah. Stooges on sports. That's your new podcast name. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Here for it. Uh, so I went to, uh, to Phoenix, uh, Yeah, Arizona. so let me ask you about this. I'm yeah, interviewing yeah. you now. Okay. It's my time to shine. Okay, just remember we have a hard out at 5315. 53. You got to do that because that's that's more than I can you do. You stop talking before that. I'll take care of it from there. <laughs> okay, so Lorenzo Alexander uh-huh. raced against a former Olympian. What's his name? His name is Nick Simmons. And uh, what did they do? So basically this started uh, when Nick came on our podcast a couple months ago. And we were like, we at the end, it was like, hey, we, let us know if you ever come to DC. He's like, yeah. What's your podcast do, name, real quick? Uh, the Train with the Best podcast. Uh, I Check think it about out. 10 episodes ago, there was a guy named Logan Paulson on there. Yeah, it was good. It was good. We sat right here and recorded it. It was a good time. Uh, but Nick's, Nick was a uh, all world Olympic 800 meter runner, uh, retired a couple years ago, ran in the Olympic Games in 2012 or 2008, 2012. Uh, and now has a YouTube channel where he has, in, in his words, fun fun with fitness. So all kinds of different fitness challenges. It's cool. Um, it's, 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 it is fun. It's a fun a great channel. Great job. Great guy. He's got over 600,000 YouTube subscribers. 
So we had him on the podcast, and then we were like, hey, let's make some YouTube content. I was like, okay, cool. I would love to do that. Let's collaborate. And so I thought, like, it'd be really fun to do something around the NFL Combine, because Chris Gore is my co-host, and I typically go to the Combine. We're not going to wind up going this year, but we would have if this didn't play out this way. Um, And Nick, so I emailed Nick. He emails me back and is like, I literally wrote down NFL Combine on my whiteboard yesterday. I'm sitting here staring at it, figuring out what we want to do with it. And so he's like, well, we have to shoot it before the combine because we need time to edit it. So this video is going to drop March 1st. And what it is, is Nick taking on Lorenzo Alexander. One man wrecking crew. Yeah, former Pro Bowl MVP. One man wrecking crew. Social or special teams demon uh, turned into a hell of a linebacker by the time he got to How Buffalo. long did he play for? 13? 14 years. 14 years, which is not easy to do. No. Um, and seemingly got better as he went. Right. And is still in great shape, and they went head-to-head in all the NFL combine drills. So what did Lorenzo run? He's 30, what? How old is Lorenzo? 38. 38. What did he run in his I can't 40? give it all away. But was but it faster than 5-flat? He ran a sub-540. Oh, my gosh. What a and dog. And by the way, we filmed this. Not only not only is the element of just, like, Olympic runner versus NFL Pro Bowlers pretty enticing, but we filmed this at Exos in Phoenix with one of the coaches who's like coaching the prospects oh, right nice. now. Yeah. Natalie Collars is a great friend and a hell of a coach. Like Nat was coaching Nick. Zoe didn't need a lot of coaching. Uh, but Nat was coaching Nick and he improved in every event. When was, was the last time Zoe did this, by the way? Because Zoe uh, He he would run a forty every year on his birthday. Oh, okay. And I think the last year he played in the league, it was like four six fast. Um what? But since we <laughs> Since we were at Exos at one of these premier facilities, this was not not just like four nine hand time that or sub five hand time that Zoe ran laser time. No kidding, and everyone out there, laser time does not Typic- lie. Typically, very yeah, slower. typically it's about two tenths slower than a hand time, which is fast, which is significant in a forty. But that's yeah. awesome, and so sounds like a great experience overall. It was incredible. Uh, we got a couple podcasts coming out if you want to check it out. Uh, the links are on my social media. What's the stuff. name of it again? Uh, Train with the best podcast, and then on Nick's YouTube channel, um, it, it's the video will drop on March first. And there might have been a rematch on the track the next day, so that might also be. Did you run? I did not run. Oh come on, Craig! I was purely uh, in commentator mode. Come on, man! That's. Uh, Thanks to Michael Phillips for coming on. Thanks to Logan for uh, for for coming in today. Uh, Enjoy Britt and Ben next, and uh, Ryan and and Linnell. Good job, you Stooges. Stooges. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news. You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? 
and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 